God's word on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. Be careful to do what it says. Then you will truly be successful. Keep God's word on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. Be careful to do what it says. Then you will truly be successful. Day 37 is here. I hope that you are ready for a word from the Lord. The topic is, great is thy faithfulness. We're in a new book today, everybody. Lamentations, the third chapter, the first verse through the 66th verse. I am the man who has seen affliction by the rod of the Lord's wrath. He has driven me away and made me walk in darkness rather than light. Indeed, he has turned his hand against me again and again all day long. He has made my skin and my flesh grow old and has broken my bones. He has besieged me and surrounded me with bitterness and hardship. He has made me dwell in darkness like those long dead. He has walled me in so I cannot escape. He has weighed me down with chains. Even when I call out or cry for help, he shuts out my prayer. He has barred my way with blocks of stone. He has made my paths crooked like a bear lying in wait, like a lion in hiding. He dragged me from the path and mangled me and left me without help. He drew his bow and made me the target for his arrows. He pierced my heart with arrows from his quiver. I became the laughing stock of all my people. They mocked me in song all day long. He has filled me with bitter herbs and given me gall to drink. He has broken my teeth with gravel. He has trampled me in the dust. I have deprived and have been deprived of peace. I have forgotten what prosperity is. So I say my splendor is gone. And all that I had hoped for from the Lord. I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them and my soul is downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion there. Therefore, I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. It is good for a man to bear the yoke while he is young. Let him sit alone in silence for the Lord has laid it on him. Let him bury his face in the dust. There may yet be hope. Let him offer his cheek to the one who would strike him and let him be filled with disgrace. For no one is cast off by the Lord forever. Though he brings grief, he will show compassion. So great is his unfailing love for he does not willingly bring affliction or grief to anyone. To crush underfoot all prisoners in the land, to deny people their rights before the Most High, to deprive them of justice. Would not the Lord see such things? 
Who can speak and have it happen if the Lord has not decreed it? It is not from the mouth of the Most High that both calamities and good things come. Why should the living complain when punished for their sins? Let us examine our ways and test them and let us return to the Lord. Let us lift up our hearts and our hands to God in heaven and say, we have sinned and rebelled and you have not forgiven. You have covered yourself with anger and pursued us. You have slain without pity. You have covered yourself with the cloud so that no prayer can get through. You have made us scum and refuse among the nations. All our enemies have opened their mouths wide against us. We have suffered terror and pitfalls, ruin and destruction. Streams of tears flow from my eyes because my people are destroyed. My eyes will flow unceasingly without relief until the Lord looks down from heaven and sees what I see brings grief to my soul because of all the women in my city. Those who were my enemies without cause hunted me like a bird. They tried to end my life in a pit and threw stones at me. The waters closed over my head and I thought I was about to perish. I called on your name, Lord, from the depths of the pit. You heard my plea. Do not close your ears to my cry for relief. You came near when I called you and you said, do not fear. You, Lord, took up my case. You redeemed my life. Lord, you have seen the wrong done to me. Uphold my cause. You have seen the depth of their vengeance, all their plots against me. Lord, you have heard their insults, all their plots against me. What my enemies whisper and mutter against me all day. Look at them sitting or standing. They mock me in their songs. Pay them back what they deserve, Lord, for what their hands have done. Put a veil over their hearts and may your curse be on them. Pursue them in anger and destroy them from under the heavens of the Lord. And that ends our reading of Lamentations. The topic for today again is great is thy faithfulness. When I started to read Lamentations in search for a meaningful worship thought, I almost fell into the common trap that most of us fall into when we read the scriptures. I asked, Lord, where is the uplifting verse? Where are the positive poems? I was fully aware of the sorrowfulness of the book. After all, the title of the book is Lament, and I didn't know if I would find what I was looking for, but I kept on reading. I stumbled upon a few commentaries and landed on that beautiful verse found in Lamentations 1 and 22. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I titled the worship thought, Great is thy faithfulness. And then I went about my day. I went on to Ezekiel. But God made me backtrack and read Lamentations again and again and again. I wrestled with God because I could not find anything that trumped that wonderful refrain. Great is thy faithfulness. And I wanted to use this particular book to talk about how faithful God is in spite of us. Great is thy faithfulness. I was hoping that it would encourage those who needed encouragement because morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hands have provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me.
But then I listened deeper. I prayed harder. And as I listened, I realized that Lamentations is really a book that allows Christians to see God in confusing times. This book speaks to the pain of destruction. It is a way to process emotion and a place to voice confusion. Immediately, as I started rearranging my worship thought, I remembered an Instagram post I read by Australian pastor Paul Scanlon. Follow him if you haven't already. And the, and the post said this. There is nothing sadder than a church where every song must be victory, where every prayer must be full of faith and every member always smiling and joyful. This quote came from David Runcorn, but Pastor Paul posted it. I only know Paul, but because I believe in what Paul says, I trusted what he posted, even if it came from somebody else's mouth. Can I give you a quick evangelism nugget? People don't know Christ, but they do know you. So when you, Pastor Paul, post about Jesus, they believe what Jesus has to say because they trust you, the person who posted Jesus. And the only way they get to Jesus is if you are posting with worship in mind. Another way they get to Jesus is by respecting who you are because of what you say, what you share and how you live. You are, in a word, God's billboard. What you say connects people you know and people you don't know to an all knowing God. So what sermon is your life preaching today? Is it a series on sorrow or a message on mercy? Is it a study guide on gossip or is it a periodical on purpose? Worshipper, please watch what you say. Live a life that is so authentic that you don't have to read the teleprompter. Become more than a script. Become the scripture people read in modern day times about a man named Jesus who is still faithful and still great, even in your grief, even in your pain, even in your sadness, even in your shame. Move from lament to lamentation. This, in a word, is worship. And yes, while God's faithfulness is great, what else can lamentation offer us that helps us to better understand what it means to worship. Here's one nugget for you to consider. God has not called us to do easy work. In fact, God has called us to talk about the stuff others won't. The Book of Lamentations contains five poems from an anonymous author who survived and is reflecting back on the Babylonian siege of Jerusalem. The fall of Jerusalem was the most horrendous catastrophe in Israel's history up until this point. God had promised, if you recall, Abraham the land and God gave David, if you recall, victory to make Jerusalem the capital of Israel. From David came the kings and under his leadership, the priests worshipped. But after 500 years in 587 B.C., the city fell to Babylon. Everything was ruined and gone, and Lamentations begins right after their proverbial twin towers of power and distinction fell to the ground. I admit that these two events are totally different and differently painful, but indulge me for just a moment so that I can paint the right picture. Imagine going to work on September 11th. Imagine escaping death by a hairnail only to write poems reflective of what you saw, what you experienced, and what you felt that day. 
Imagine being a black or brown person in America after Trayvon Martin, Sandra Bland, Breonna Taylor, and George Floyd are all shot down, left for dead and wallowing in their own blood. This is the point of Lamentations. The writer has lived through destruction and is in a lot of pain. If the Bible had a memorial service, this would be the book. But not only are these poems about pain, they are also about protest. Each lament gave us permission to process hard emotions, gave us a space to voice our confusion and gave us the opportunity to restore sacred dignity to human suffering. You know, suffering is the great equalizer. No matter how rich you are, no matter how poor you are, suffering makes you ask God different questions. So, yes, God's faithfulness is great. But above that, Lamentations teaches us how to worship God in the middle of our pain. Having said all of that, if Lamentations were a person, he or she would probably be the therapist you go to weekly or biweekly to say aloud things you would never say in public. It's not always cute. It's not always concise. It's not always excellent, but it is the real you. Lamentations is the safe space we are given in God's word to communicate fear, doubt, anger. Maybe we curse. Maybe we scream. Maybe we cry or we do nothing at all. It's the place where the person who is supposed to have all the answers can say, I don't know. It's where we can doubt. It's the place where we don't have to carry the burden of others unfinished work. Stop carrying other people's work. It's when we are naked and unashamed with God, our maker, and we can have a little talk with Jesus. Tell him all about our troubles. He will hear our faintest cry and we will answer by and by. Now, when you feel a little prayer, wheel turning. You'll know a little fire is burning. You will find a little talk with Jesus makes it right. And if that's not worship, I don't know what else is. So what is your worship work today? It is to have an honest talk with Jesus. Don't worry about being politically correct. And I want you to record your talk with Jesus on your phone or on a recording device. Listen back to it only when you're led by God to do so, but be as raw and as real as you can be. For those who are grieving, for those who are lamenting and doubting, bring God into your pain. Don't rush to Sunday. Sit in your Good Friday and ask God to heal your heart little by little. God, we've seen you move. So can you do it again? Amen. Walking around these walls I thought by now they'd fall But you have never failed me Waiting for change to come Knowing the battle's won For you have never failed me yet Your promise still stands Great is your faithfulness Faithfulness Still in your hands This is my confidence You've never